and welcome to the Naughty Root Show. I am Zach, and today I am here with a couple of guests, Laura and Chris of the band Love Boner. Welcome. How are we? Yeah, good. Good. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me. So, Love Boner are a Australian punk band with a bit of an erotic twist, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It- I, I can see why you brought us on the Naughty Rude Show. We do write a lot of songs that are both naughty and rude. We like writing about sex, about sexuality, about gender, about being queer, about uh, yeah. Any yeah. any anything else I miss? Ah, uh, sometimes like how much capitalism sucks, but but mostly just the sex stuff. Yes. Yeah. But we are always rude when talking about capitalism as well. Yeah. Well, we love being a little naughty and a little rude, so I think you're a good fit. I think so. You're a pretty good <laughs> fit. Uh, so you guys have an album coming out soon. Uh, as of recording, it's coming out in two days, I believe, give or take uh, when you're actually listening to this recording. Uh, but Love Boner are reinventing oral sex, coming out July 1st. Yeah. So that title is a, a play on um, reinventing Axel Rose, which came out and had its 21st anniversary, I think it was, in um, Yeah, about March. 20, 21 years ago today that yeah. the album by Against Me came out. So uh, we thought we'd play on the idea that Axel Rose is an anagram for oral sex and take the anagram backwards. And now we've explained the joke, hopefully you all find it much more funny. Yeah, everybody knows that an explained joke is the best kind of joke. <laughs> well, I might get you to explain your jokes a little more, because you've got, you got a lot of jokes in a lot of your songs. <laughs> I was going back through your disco- discography, and I was just like, these are some solid titles. A lot of your songs reference other songs as well. Like, your song titles reference other songs a fair bit, I noticed. Yeah, that, I mean, the, the classic one of that is You're So Vain, You Probably Think That The Middle by Jimmy Eat World Is About You. Um, which I think that just came up because the chorus lyric uses the word middle a lot. Um, yeah, we were talking about yeah middle middle managers, middle management. The songs from the perspective of a uh, yeah beleaguered middle manager figure who who fires people but feels like they're not to be held responsible for that because they're just following orders from those above them. Um, and I think we couldn't say the word middle. Uh, that many times without thinking of The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about the, the depth of the meaning, I think, of that title. So going, going to the album, back to just kind of the basics with the album, though, how long has it kind of been in the works? Uh, not that long, I think, in the scheme of albums. We wrote most of them between 2020 and 2021, um, and we recorded them all in December of 2021 um, with our, our friend Cal um, or, or Candy Music, um, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal recorder and mixer and, and musician. Um, yeah, not, not that long, right? Yeah, we, we tend to do the, the songwriting, the recording process fairly quickly. I think we... Uh, there were a couple songs off the album that we'd had in, in mind for a while, but it, it just kind of all seemed to come out quickly over a couple of weeks of lockdown when we when we came up with a bunch of ideas for songs. And I don't know, the, the kind of music we write, it doesn't take very long to write a song. Yeah. You, get, you get the chords, you put the words together. But yeah, it was basically... First chorus, first chorus. Yeah, it was basically just a way to stop from going completely insane during lockdown. Um, did, did it work? No, not at all. Oh, well. <laughs> no, no, no. 
You got some good music out of it, though. Yeah, exactly. We got some music out. No, yes, we got some good music out of it. <laughs> Look, I've listened. I've listened. We're here to, to self promote. Uh, I shouldn't talk yeah. us down, but yeah. I've listened to a couple of the songs because uh, I've listened to "You're So Vain." You probably think "The Middle" by Jimmy Eat World is about you. That uh, came out as a single a week ago, yeah. I believe. Yep. And uh, "POV," your stepdad's at the gay bar, and he's doing great. Phenomenal title. Thank you. And <laughs> fantastic song, by the way. Thank you. We we put the POV. At the start of that title, just to appeal to the to the to the Zoomers out there, to the to the next generation, um, we don't understand what that means. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that, that that was a fun one, and we, we that was a song that we neither of us actually have stepdads, uh, but we were at the boathouse with some friends. Where, where what boathouse was it? Uh, it was a Fairfield boathouse for a friend's birthday party. And we were just watching all these stepdads with like 12 and 13 year old um, stepkids in tow trying so hard to kind of like connect. Yeah. Um, and we thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we had stepdads that were trying really hard to impress us and they'd come to the gay bar with us and they'd, they'd be real like nice and supportive and they'd come in and they'd have a drink with our friends and they'd have a really nice time. And so the song came out of that, about out of, a, out of, out of imagined stepdads. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, actually, you've already you've beaten me to it. I was going to ask, because uh, it and a couple of other songs, uh, not just from uh, Reimagining Oral Sex, but like earlier albums, for example, uh, I believe it was Tinder Date from uh, Wet Sounds, are from very, like, they're very specific. And I was going to ask if any of them uh, are based off of, like, real-life events. So you're asking whether any of us went on a Tinder date with a dude that turned out to have a swastika tattoo? Yes, I did. <laughs> it was awful. Um, yeah, that was that was a low light. Um, Don't go to orgies in Deer Park is also entirely. I was ask about that one yeah, no, well. no. That that that's not only entirely non-fictional, but there is a lot of very funny things that happened that, that day that we couldn't fit into the song because it's really hard to like create a rhyme scheme. Um, like for example, there's one thing that has. Um, I, it's called the Naughty Rude Show. I'm sure it's fine that we talk about this. But like, are we one... allowed to talk about pornography on the yes. Naughty Rude Show, Zach? Thank yes, you, Zach. You are. Great. Okay. So there was this one thing that's bothered me about that whole evening for the rest of my life, I think. Um, so at one point, we're obviously both like a bit unsure about the people there and it was just not a very good vibe. And, and... We felt unsafe. Yeah, we felt deeply unsafe. Um, and so in an order in, or in an attempt to like avoid talking to people... I went and sat down in the living room where they had a bunch of bean bags and like a huge projector of porn um, on like one entire living room uh, wall. And it was a collection, one of those like sort of mashup, like all the, all the same kind of porn uh, supercut. And it was specifically of threesomes. And as a result, so you don't see the start or the end of any of the films. You just see like the, the, you know, the good bits, I guess. But there was one film that I'm, I'm still, like, obsessed with trying to track down. I have not been able to find it. It was, I think, not in English. It was definitely from the 80s. But it had a vampire, a policewoman, and a magician. Oh, my God. And, like, I, it, you know, it, as porn goes, it's subpar. But I'm desperate to find out the, like, the setup behind it. Well, it sounds like the setup for a joke. Exactly. I'm... What's the power dynamic involved? How did these people meet? I'm, like, I'm... I I'm... think, yeah, cop beats... Magician, magician beats vampire, <laughs> vampire beats cop. But, but yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Unless someone can give me like a paper, scissors, rock kind of diagram of how all this plays out, I really need to find the um, the video. But I haven't been able to. So like I often tell that story at shows in an attempt to see if anybody else has seen it in the world, but so far, no cigar. Well, I can't help you there either, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I don't think your listeners can, can call in and tell us the name of the point. Can they win a prize if they call in and tell us the name of the magician, vampire, police officer, porno? Uh, they can't call in. I mean, they could just send me a message on, like, Instagram, send the Naughty Rootshot message on Instagram or Twitter or something, and if, if you know it, I'll pass it on to you guys. <laughs> and, and we'll get you a free baseball cap. <laughs> there you go, people. <laughs> For the Be- record, we can't actually offer a free baseball cap, no, unfortunately. No, no, no. no, no, no. Just making that clear. All yeah. right, all right. We'll, we'll pat you on the back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like most of our songs are non-fictional, I think. Yeah. They're, they're much more non-fictional than they are fictional. I, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of... I've never understood people who are able to, to write songs and to write lyrics about things that, that, that has, hasn't occurred to them. I think sometimes we do like exaggerated characters or we take the perspective of other people but genuinely like i don't know we're not we're not making up a lot of stuff yeah well a lot of your stuff has almost a weirdly at least when i was listening to it a weirdly like stand-up comedy almost vibe to it in a way like if i take that very personally <laughs> uh, in a good way though in a good way in a good way all right <laughs> like you're telling a story that kind of comes from a place and trying to make people laugh but also kind of like trying to prove a bit of a point to yeah. it just with music underneath it. Uh, so I kind of wanted to ask what are sort of your influences not just music wise but do you have influences comedy wise? <laughs> I think what's his face? Timothy Leary. Um, so Timothy Leary is this brilliant uh, he's like the original Tim Minchin. Um, he used to be a Harvard math professor and then he became a pianist and, and sort of um, comedian and his work is actually probably the closest I think um, yeah yeah because he wrote like the masochism tango wait was he the one mm. who wrote the Oedipus song yeah Oedipus yeah. Rex oh my God. closing yeah. pigeons okay. in the park I thought I remembered the name <laughs> I was just like trying to figure out I was like the Oedipus song that's right yeah, like I grew up listening to him, um, him and like a, a couple of other people. Like Tim Minchin is another one. Um, yeah. So if it could be yeah, the, the kind of punk rock Timothy Leary. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 a dream. Tom Lira. Tom, Tom Lira. Lira. <laughs> I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the. Uh, yeah, the, the bicyclist. Um, no, who, yeah, anyway, Timothy Leary. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so that definitely huge influence. Um, Tom Lira. Who else? Our friends as well. Like we're we're very lucky to have a lot of friends in the the music uh, scene, and I think that really helps uh, sort of staying creative and staying inspired is to be surrounded by people who are like interesting and uh, writing cool music because then you want to you know contribute and yeah. Yeah, and we used we used to go see like local bands like Shrimpwitch and like Eat Man and be like, this is what I want to be. I want to model myself off these people. I want to be a, a cool, funny interesting band. Yeah, so we hung around with them until they became friends with us. Yeah, then we then we made some music, yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, uh, going to sort of the music you started off making, uh, in an interview with uh, Nick Cramery from uh, Hum Magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God, this uh, is a deep dive. Wow. You've you s- done your research. 
<laughs> I've done a bit. I've done a bit. Uh, but you spoke about how before you even started actually playing music together, yeah, uh, you told people that you were already in a band and had played the song. Uh, What's the point of yoga if I can't suck my own dick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we absolutely would, like, graffiti love boner on things and walk around. But No, sorry, we didn't graffiti love boner on things. No. Uh, we would, you know, walk around and tell people, like, ah, oh, we're in a band called Love Boner. We've got a song called What's the Point of Yoga if I Can't Suck My Own Dick? Yeah. And you should come see us play. And we didn't, we didn't have any gigs. We hadn't played any songs. We hadn't written any songs. The song didn't have any lyrics. Uh, but... You know, some sometimes you don't have to have any lyrics to be a. You, you know, you start the band first, and then you have the songs. I like in. <laughs> I think a lot of our lives has been an escalating series of dares. Yeah. Or like forcing ourselves into doing silly things or things that we thought were like, well, it would be very funny if we did this. It would be funny if we had yeah a silly little band. Yeah. And then we just like kept kept being a silly little band. Like I'm pretty sure. The, the main reason we got married is because for a while we were like, it would be very funny if we got married. Like, that that would objectively be a very funny thing for us to do. And it's very, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it was very funny. Oh, my God. Well, uh, going back a little further then, because I was going to ask, uh, after you told people that you were in a band, how did the name Love Bono come about? But apparently it came about before you had even actually written music. Where did the name Love Bono come from? Ah, uh, I don't know. It's like... Like that midpoint of romantic and sexual attraction to someone where you're kind of unable to distinguish whether what you're feeling is horny or love, yeah. I think can be summed up by the phrase love boner. And I think that, you know, while we are a rude and, and smutty band, we are also very much at the core of it a, a romantic band. <laughs> We write love songs. Well, like, we write angry songs, but, like, I don't know. We, we, we're, we're definitely romantics at heart. Yeah. I, I really like our band name, but I also think, like, affection erection is very good. And I've been, <laughs> I was going to ask, are there any other names that were tossed up? <laughs> well, yeah, affection erection is so good, but I don't think we could live up to it because as much as we say we're like, oh, we're erotic punks, but we're also, like, we're not very scary punks. Um, so I don't know if we could we could bring the like metal energy that you need for a band with the word erection in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think there were ever ever any other serious contenders. It was we were Love Boner, and that was it. Yeah, and we were keen on that, and yeah, yeah, nice. All right, well, going back to reinventing oral sex for a bit. Uh, so the album you've described kind of in the launch party uh, event that it's an album about everything from trans identity, lockdown induced thirst. Corporate bureaucracy, queer romance, cool stepdads, homoeroticism in action movies, Elon Musk, and of course, love. So it's about a lot. <laughs> yes. Is there anything that didn't make the cut that was going that it was going to be about? Ah oh, shit. Uh, none that made the cut. I feel like the only song we've ever like thrown on the trash pile, and this was on our last album. It was because we couldn't get the harmonies right. We were, we were going to write a. Uh, uh, a thirst song about the model that used to be on all the, the like sexual health ads around the city. That guy, like, it, there'd always be these pictures of him, you know, like on the side of a bus being like, get get tested for STIs. And we thought that guy was real, like, real hot and like sexual health is pretty hot. So we we're going to write a song 
called We Wish We Were With the Guy from the SDI ad. That's right. It was like a barbershop like song. Like a barbershop oh, song, wow. like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But we turns out we're not very good at barbershop. Um, <laughs> so that that song, I think I think we started recording it and then we we're just like, nah. But yeah. maybe, maybe someday. I think there was one song that we wrote that didn't end up. We we did a full demo of it um, that was like one of those classic lockdown songs um, that we then scrapped, uh, which was kind of funny because one of the, the – or the title song of the new album, Reinventing Oral Sex, we wrote in like the first two weeks of lockdown 2020. Um, and like all good like early pandemic media, it does have a sense of like this will be over in a couple of weeks, right? This isn't going to be that big a deal. Um, but yeah, there was definitely that, um, I can't remember what it's called now. We, we, we wrote that one. The one that started, I'm not one of those astrology things, oh, yeah, the, but after the, a few beers, I'm grateful for the peers in my orbit. The co- Cosmates, yeah. Cosmates, yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't usually, uh, not finish a song. We, we're not really perfectionists. So I think there's about, you know, three or four songs out there that haven't been finished, but usually we just finish them and yeah. record them. <laughs> You just kind of go for it. You just, just get an go idea for and just it. go for it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, would you, like, because I was going to ask, do you have, like, a different creative process? Like, who, of the two of you, like, who writes the songs? Or is it just kind of a collaborative, you just come up with ideas and do it, it together? Or It happens a bit different from time to time. I mean, Laura, with very few exceptions, writes all the chords and the music, except for if I'm like, oh, I have a specific song in mind that I want to rip off the chords for. Yeah. Um, but with lyric writing, it, it's either, it's either, you know, one of us goes away and we've got an ideas and we work on it. Or sometimes it's as simple as like, you know, we sit down with a bottle of wine and we just like, it just happens. They are being very modest. They write, I would say, a, like you normally, I think you show up with something that's pretty much perfect and then you, we, we run through it and I maybe change two words um, and then it's done. Well, those are the words that matter. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've always found that, like, yeah. I, the other thing is that I find with songwriting is quite often it either doesn't happen or it happens all at once. Like, uh, I feel like we've had a lot of songs where we've just sat down and finished writing it over the space of an afternoon. Yeah. And then we've had other songs that we've had... Like, all right, we gotta we gotta finish this one. Like, yeah. for example, I think like "Don't Go to Orgies in Deer Park." We wrote that in an afternoon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like. Whereas, what's the point of yoga if I can't suck my own dick? As a slightly more complex tune, <laughs> took us about six months to write because we just couldn't get it right. We're just like, ah, no, that's not quite what we're trying to get across with a song with the gravitas of what's the point of yoga if I can't suck my own dick. That's true. Yeah. I mean, in some ways I would argue that I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, I'm a hawk took you the longest to ride because you had to first read all of the anamorphs and then all of the megamorphs and the alternamorphs. Yeah, the alternamorphs and the Andalite Chronicles and the hawk Bashir Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, so you had to do all that before you could even write the song. That's true. So that, you know, that's 10 years. We do a lot of research. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, so I was going to end off asking about I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, I'm a hawk because, I mean, I wasn't sure what I was getting into when I listened to that. Um, but I'm just going to go straight into it now because you've uh, brought please, it up. Please, please, please. <laughs> so did you write that song before, after 
like, did you plan to write an Animorphs song and then read all the Animorphs books? No, okay. no, no, no. I, okay. I, 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 that would be pretty, pretty bloody wild, wouldn't it? Um, no, I, I had read them when I was, you know, younger. Um, you know, like, like, like most trans people, I read the Animorphs books as a child and, you know, you know what happens when you do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just really wanted to write an Animorphs song because I feel like a lot of people, you know, they, they look at the covers and they do the flip book and whatever and, they, and sometimes they, they miss out on some of the deep, deep, harrowing complexities of the Animorphs series. And I wanted to capture those deep, heartbreaking, harrowing complexities in a, you know, one and a half minute long punk song. <laughs> and for the music video, those were all your own books, right? Yeah, those are photographs of 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 my own books, kind of just chopped together. Do you yeah. still have them all? Yeah, still have them oh. all. Still, still got the collection. Um, yeah. And and the best thing about that video was 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 Ka Applegate and her husband saw the video on on YouTube and and her husband commented being like oh, we we love your video we love your song <laughs> and yeah so that's me done that's that's my goals achieved <laughs> just retiring from music after this yes actually what is on the table after reinventing oral sex have you planned that out or is it up in the air ah. Oh. I don't know. Uh, like we've got quite a lot to do between now and the launch on the eighth, so we're uh, it's hard to think beyond that. Um, yeah, tell them tell them what you've been doing today, Laura. Uh, I've been making records. Um, so there's been some supply chain issues for the the, the vinyl um, that we're releasing, and so I wanted to have something that we could give the people who've like pre-ordered a copy as a placeholder. Um, so I've learnt how to bootleg vinyl, um, and I've got to do quite a few of those between now and then. Um, it's a very fun process, actually. I, I highly recommend it. All right. Um, but yeah, so after that, I mean, I think as soon as we come up with a funny enough name, we'll probably release another EP. That's, that's, that's really the only thing that, that holds us back. Yeah. Just the name comes first and then everything else, work it out the rest later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if people want to find a bit more of Love Boner, where can they find you two? Uh, Instagram. But Yeah, Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, YouTube, Spotify. Yeah, we're on Bandcamp. Oh, Bandcamp, all those lovely places. Just look for Love Boner Band and you'll, you'll find us. Say hello. Uh, yeah, come, come to our show. Uh, can I can I say when we're playing our show? Yeah, we've you got we've got a we've got our, our our launch on the eighth of July at Cactus Room. We're gonna have a really lovely time. Uh, Hot Dog are playing, Smashbox Thirty, which is a supergroup made up of members from Zigzag and Porpoise Spit and Tragic Carpet, gonna be playing, uh, and it's gonna be a really lovely lovely evening. All right, so everyone listening, stay tuned for that. Make sure to check out Love Boner are reinventing oral sex when that launches on the 1st of July. And make sure to stay tuned to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin. Thank you both so much for coming in. It was great to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Take care. Have a great day, everybody. Everybody.